Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, our topic is focused on a term koinonia, which is Greek and often associated with fellowship in Christ. Now, there's a free ebook that you can download titled Koinonia, Fellowship in Christ. At one of the locations, there's links found in the description of this podcast. So if you go in there, you can download the book. It's free. And it's going to cover much more exhaustively over what koinonia is and what we'll cover in this podcast. The term koinonia is commonly used in today's institutionalized church system. That's where I first heard it, to describe fellowship through various activities, events, get-togethers. But, you know, not your typical scheduled events. It was a special event that they would say, tonight we're going to have a night of koinonia. But I wanted to understand more about what it was because nobody could really explain it to me. Oh, it's just when we get together and we share time. I thought that's what you do all the time. So I wanted to find out more. I went into the scriptures. So this podcast kind of captures what I discovered from this search. I found that koinonia is used in various, various different ways to explain a supernatural bond that's shared by those or in Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in saying that, that supernatural bond can only be shared with those who have a supernatural life, and those who are in Christ, and those who experience the power of the Holy Spirit. However, the implications of koinonia go far deeper than what's practiced within today's Christian religion. First of all, koinonia it's not a scheduled event, and it's not simply a gathering among Christian churchgoers. Instead, koinonia is, in fact, an essential component for the growth and unity for those who are truly living a Spirit-led life in Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit within the one true body of Christ that supernaturally produces koinonia. The work of the Holy Spirit produces what we call koinonia. Now, once again, I said it was a Greek term. It's found in the scriptures, and it describes various work that is performed by the Holy Spirit among true disciples of Christ. In short, as I said, it's a supernatural experience shared both with Christ and among those in his body. What's more, true koinonia can only be shared with those who are spiritually born again transformed, surrendered to Christ, following him daily. It's not something shared among those who claim to know Christ, and it's not shared among those who are in the world. Thus, today's institutionalized church system really, truly uh, misrepresents what koinonia is, because they can't understand the supernatural aspect of it unless they're truly in Christ. In its purest sense, you can think of koinonia as a spiritual gift for those who are in Christ, and the supernatural result of koinonia is inherent in its very existence. The term koinonia is found only 19 times in the New Testament. However, koinonia is involved in practically every work done by the Holy Spirit within the true church, the body of Christ. So, Contextually, the term koinonia, from a context standpoint, 
is used in only four distinct categorical conventions. So we'll break it down into four different conventions. And within those, it can be used many different ways, but it's going to be within one of these four. First, it's the intimate fellowship shared with others who are truly in Christ. Secondly, it's the shared partnership of ministry accomplished by the body of Christ. Anything that we do together collectively in Christ is koinonia. It is also any contribution of time or resources to meet the needs of others outside the body of Christ or within Christ. Brotherly love, loving on those who are in need. That, in essence, is koinonia. And finally, it's the intimate fellowship that's shared directly with Christ as part of the personal relationship that he shares with those who are in him, in his body. So those four conventions really capture what koinonia is. And you'll note the Holy Spirit is active in all ways. So the first use of koinonia was found in the book of Acts, where it's written, they, meaning his disciples, Jesus' disciples, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, and that word fellowship is actually koinonia, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now, koinonia is used here as fellowship and used to address the early church's devotion to meet regularly with others who are in Christ. So it was a part of Jesus' disciples' lives when they were with him. And then once he was resurrected, ascended into heaven, it continues to be a part of our lives if we're in his body. And so it's part of every disciple's life if they're truly in Christ. Acts 2.46 states that with one accord, they continue to meet daily in the temple courts, break bread from house to house, sharing their meals with gladness and sincerity of heart. That, in essence, was koinonia. And they were doing it in one accord. There was no argument. There was no apologetics for this and that and the other thing. There was no trying to figure out what this was or that. It was just simply meeting together and sharing the love of Christ with one another. The term fellowship was actually used by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, while he was commending believers for their generosity and longing to share in the Lord's work, wanting to be involved in the Lord's work. It, it says they earnestly pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Paul again uses the term in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, and recognizing the grace that I have been given James, Cephas, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, koinonia, so that we could go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Paul's use of fellowship here describes how koinonia is inherent in the shared bond of those who are truly in Christ. Now, John, who is Apostle John, fellowship in the same way, uh, and he described the shared bond by those in Christ in 1 John 1, 3. He said, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, 
so that you also may have fellowship, that's koinonia, with us. And this fellowship of ours is with the Father and with the Son. So we share that same koinonia with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And in 1 John 1, 7, John continues and says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We can share koinonia because we walk in the light together. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Thus, koinonia describes the relationship between those who share in the bond of love in Christ. Now, regrettably, today's institutionalized church system falsely assumes that everyone or almost everyone who attends church is in Christ or actually born again. They don't know this. They make the assumption. Why else would they be there is what they think. Why else would they come? Many believe the myth that, that church is the hospital for sinners. However, the church, the body of Christ, which is us, those who are in Christ, we are the temple. So let's, let's put that in perspective. The church, the body of Christ, is only made up of those who are truly in Christ. And it cannot be populated with sinners. It just can't be. So when you think of church, you've got to get your mind away from the Christian religious standpoint where some building somewhere where people meet and think about what Jesus taught. The church is my body, he said. And now we're talking about those who are truly in his body. So therefore, it's not a hospital for the sick. In fact, we are called in Christ to be used by him to reach those who are sick, to share with them, but not necessarily to have them congregate with us in a sense where we almost pretend that they are part of the church. Now, we know that the whole world is populated with sinners. Rather, you go to a supermarket, at a sporting event, within the local church, at a rock concert, or even at Bible studies. It also makes no sense that the body of Christ is a hospital when you look at it that way. Instead, it, it exists in this world, the true body of Christ, to be the salt and light of the Lord as part of his continued earthly ministry. See, he never quit his earthly ministry. Many people in the church will tell you that. And now I'm talking about the organized, institutionalized church. Jesus never stopped his earthly ministry. In fact, he told his disciples to go and wait. I'm going to send you the Spirit so we can continue. He says, just wait on it. And when the Spirit comes, we'll continue our work. And he continues his earthly ministry through those who are in Christ. Therefore, experiencing through koinonia, is an exclusive time with Christ and with others who are truly in him. It's not something to be experienced with those who are lost, with those who remain in darkness, with those who are spiritually dead. The scriptures tell us this plainly. Galatians 5.9 states, a little leaven works through the whole batch of dough. So don't let that leaven be among you when you're meeting for koinonia. And in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership, that word is koinonia, partnership, koinonia, can righteousness have with wickedness? Or what fellowship, koinonia, does light have with darkness? It doesn't have any fellowship 
with wickedness or with darkness. Paul illustrates how partnership with others who are in Christ is true koinonia. Is not the cup of the blessing that we bless a participation at koinonia in the blood of Christ, a sharing in Christ? And is not the bread that we break participation, koinonia, in the body of Christ? You can find that in 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Paul explains that supernaturally, through koinonia, those who are in Christ partake in the sacrifice body and blood of Christ. I'm not talking about people outside of Christ. He's talking about those who are in Christ. He wrote in Philippians 1, verses 5 and 6. Because of your partnership, koinonia, in the gospel, it's what we share through the power of the Holy Spirit with a brethren and with Christ from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day Christ of Christ Jesus. Likewise, in Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, he wrote, I pray that your partnership, koinonia, in the faith, our shared partnership, or koinonia in the faith, may become evident or may become effective as you fully acknowledge every good thing that is ours in Christ, ours being those who are in Christ. Well, equally, koinonia is experienced when those in Christ contribute time and resources to minister to others who are in need. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, and do not neglect to do good and to share with others. That word share is koinonia, for which such sacrifices God is pleased. So when the Holy Spirit uses us to share with those who are lost, to share with those in the world, that is koinonia, but not when we partake with them in partnership, but it's when we share with them. When believers are used by Jesus to, to perform any spirit-led act or any sacrifice that they're making, they're sharing in koinonia. Paul wrote in Romans 15, 26, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution, a koinonia, for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were giving of themselves, spirit-led, spirit-inspired, and they were giving of themselves to contribute to help the saints that were in Jerusalem. Likewise, because of the proof this ministry provides, Paul wrote, the saints will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for the generosity of your contribution, koinonia, to them and to all others, 2 Corinthians 9.13. Thus, as previously mentioned, when those in Christ contribute, koinonia happens through spirit-led opportunities to serve each other. And when this happens, they're experiencing koinonia. Koinonia is also experienced as part of our intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.9 states, God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. With his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, fellowship is koinonia. We were called into koinonia with Jesus. Paul wrote, I want to know Christ 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, the koinonia of his sufferings, being conformed to him in his death. That's in Philippians 3.10. Therefore, those who are in Christ experience koinonia while being conformed into the image of Jesus himself. This is how we learn to walk as Jesus walked, by sharing in koinonia. Philippians 2, verses 1 and 2 states, Therefore, if you have any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, that fellowship word is koinonia, so any koinonia with the spirit, if any affection and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Wow, is this a missing ingredient in what we call Christian religion? Because they're not like-minded. They're all over the place. They're all over the map. They don't share the mind of Christ. But if we share koinonia with one another, then the Spirit gives us peace, and it gives us one mind, the mind of Christ. So then make my joy complete, Paul says, by being like-minded, having the same love, being united in spirit and purpose. Thus, when those in Christ gather for koinonia, there will be a one-mindedness in spirit and in purpose, free from the divisions that exist outside of Christ. And that would be all around the world. We all know that this mindset's missing in today's institutionalized church system. And even though they claim to follow Christ, there is little or no evidence of this. Just look at the many divisions found throughout its establishment. Where are the like-minded? Paul wrote that koinonia is, in fact, the fellowship shared with the Holy Spirit by those in Christ. He said that in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, by saying, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that's koinonia, be with all of you. Consequently, koinonia is essential for spiritual growth, for a bond with Christ, and the bond shared within his body. Those in Christ must, by faith, allow the Holy Spirit, koinonia, to lead, guide, teach, and use us according to God's will and not our own will. First John Chapter 1, verse 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him, koinonia, yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. So if we say we truly have koinonia with Christ, we can't walk in darkness. And those who do walk in darkness are liars. Remember, we must not partner ourselves in this world to practice the things practiced by those who are perishing. We once did that before we were in Christ. We cannot go back to that. We cannot do that. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership can righteousness have with wickedness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? Thus, in closing, it's essential for everyone who claimed to abide in him to walk as Jesus walked. Koinonia is the essential work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who follow Jesus. Well, what that means 
is that we must allow koinonia to be an integral part of our lives if we are to walk as Jesus walked.